Look for 7 at 7 local streaming news from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Find it on your smartphone at the RJ app or it's available on Roku TV, Fire TV and Apple TV. Download the app and you're ready to go for 7 at 7. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang. And today I have got a fire episode for everybody. It's going to feature a pair of people who have connections with the Raiders, but who are also bringing the big three league to Las Vegas. That's the co-founder Ice Cube as well as Amy Trask, who serves as the chairman of the board for the Big Three. They're both gonna come on here. They're gonna talk a little bit about the Big Three League as well as your Raiders. So don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you are listening because I bring you all the people that you wanna hear from on this show every week, every Wednesday. So don't forget to hit subscribe so you can catch all of the latest episodes. This episode is brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal and also presented to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, let's get it going. First up, I had Amy Trask on. She talked to me all about her role with the big three, how her Raiders role helped prepare her for this. And of course, we spoke about Al Davis since his birthday just passed July 4th. So here we go with Amy Trask. I'm joined today with, you know her well, as the Princess of Darkness to you Raiders fans, uh, football's first lady, CBS analyst, and also the chairman of the board with the big three. It's Amy Trask. Amy, thank you for coming on the show again. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, and I appreciate your gracious introduction, and I love that you use Princess of Darkness. I shall forever cherish that nickname. Yeah, the fans, you know, that's always how I've seen you reference when I speak or or see your name amongst fans. So it really is a pleasure to have you back. And this time with great news for you, the big three is coming back to Las Vegas. Five of the eight weeks will be spent out here with the big three. What does it mean for you to have this organization getting back to business? Well, you know, not only is it that we're getting back to business. We're getting back to business in a few days. We are going to be in Las Vegas starting on the 10th. And as you noted, for many of our weeks of the season this year, uh, we are a relatively new business. We had three seasons done. The wind was strongly at our back. And then like so many businesses, we shut down for a season, for a year, for the pandemic. So we are thrilled to be getting back to business and uh, looking to not only recapture that wind, but capture even more wind. Yeah. How daunting of a task was it to step back last year when sports were all but canceled, especially somebody like yourself, who is so very involved from everything that you do with CBS and to the big three and everything else that you've done in between? Well, it was disappointing, but look, certainly, um, as is said, a first world problem. We, we, you know, it was, as I said, disappointing to shut down, not ideal to shut down, but, you know, there's people without homes in which to live, without food on their table, and with very, very life-threatening um, problems. So, yes, it was a problem. No, we weren't happy about it, but it was, as I said, uh, what's referred to as a first-world problem. Yeah, and I really appreciate how you know you put things in perspective for us because you've been so great at that uh, part of the reason that you are 
in the positions that you've uh, had in your journey is because of that perspective. And I'm curious, how did it come to be that you and Ice Cube paired? Because I know he's a giant Raiders fan. So I I wanted to know how that relationship evolved and how you were approached to uh, join and become the chairman of the board for the big three. Well, I will certainly answer that, but I just want to note that I appreciate you raising the issue of perspective because perspective is important. And as you noted, I have spent my entire career in sports um, with the Raiders, with CBS Sports, with the big three, and I offer that chronologically. Um, But I've always been aware that notwithstanding how passionate I am about what I do and about the organizations for which I work, that it is sports and it is important to keep perspective. Now, you know, the the referees at whom I yelled when flags that I didn't like were thrown or flags weren't thrown that I thought should have been thrown might not think I had that perspective all the time, but I really do keep things in perspective. So thank you for noting that. Uh, As to the question regarding the big three ice cube, and of course the, the big three was founded by his longtime business partner and someone I've also known for years, Jeff Quatnitz. I was an NWA fan when NWA came on the scene. I became a fan of NWA, musical geniuses, phenomenal, phenomenal musical geniuses. I was a fan of NWA before I met Cube, before I learned that Cube was a Raider fan. We later connected through the Raiders, um, but I was an NWA fan before I met Cube. And the reason I share all that is, you know, I've made clear to you and I make clear to everyone He's a musical genius, but not only is he a musical genius, this man is a tremendous, tremendous businessman and beyond that, a tremendous human being. So when Jeff and Cube approached me about the opportunity to work for the big three, I initially said, no, I'm kind of done with that. You know, I left the Raiders. I'm now with CBS Sports, but they convinced me and I'm thrilled that I joined them. Um, Musical genius, business geniuses, it's a pleasure to work with them and help them um, work to achieve their vision. That's amazing. I had no idea you're a huge NWA fan, but that's the same thing for me. I mean, I was in junior high when they came out and to me it was just like, revolutionary music, things that you never heard before, things that spoke to people that hadn't had a voice before. And it it is amazing uh, what they were able to accomplish and what Cube's accomplished. And I really, really am uh, going to be watching July 10th doubleheader here with the big three. And I wanted to ask you, Amy, how similar or different is this role for you compared to the role that you had with the Raiders, if you can even compare them at all? Well, different in almost every regard, Uh, similar in that it's sports, but different in almost in every regard. One of the first uh, things I noted about how different it is, or I will share with you, was our first game. Now, I was in the National Football League, part of the National Football League for almost 30 years. And if you want to make a change to a rule, when you're part of the National Football League, you bring it to the attention of the league office, and then you go to a committee, and then you go back to the league office, and then you go to umpteen other committee meetings, and then you go back to the league office, and this goes on and on and on and on until ultimately, maybe ultimately, it's proposed to the ownership of all the teams and voted upon. Well, our first week in the big three, our opening week, Barclays Center, 
after the game, a group of us gathered, Cube, Jeff, me, uh, our then commissioner, uh, who was not Clyde at the time. It's now Clyde Drexel, who is magnificent. And we didn't like one of our rules. And we sat together. And after a conversation of about 10 minutes, we changed that rule. And I smiled and I thought, wow, this is a different experience working in this sort of business environment where you don't like a rule, you have an intelligent, reasoned and reasonable discussion and you change the rule as opposed to something which could take over a year to do. Uh, So the similarity is sports. The difference is a startup versus an established league that's been around for decades and decades. As to another similarity, and this was of a personal note, not necessarily a rule change note, I had the tremendous fortune of working for Al Davis for all those years, someone who hired without regard to race, gender, or any other individuality, which has no bearing whatsoever on whether one can do a job. And I have that same great fortune now working with Cube and with Jeff. So again, a similarity in that these are individuals who also hire without regard to race, gender, or any other individuality, which has no bearing on whether one can do a job. Our first year as a league, Clyde was a coach. Well, we then made Clyde the commissioner and needed to replace him as a coach. And I vividly recall sitting with Cube and Jeff and Clyde. And I said, how about Nancy Lieberman? And not one of them batted an eye or referenced her gender, nothing of the sort. We had a conversation and we hired Nancy Lieberman, who, by the way, in her first year, went on to win the championship and be voted coach of the year by all the players and coaches. The next year, we expanded by four teams and we added Lisa Leslie as a coach. And in her first year, she won the championship and was voted coach of the year. So I've had the great fortune of working with Al Davis and with Jeff Quantinitz and with Cube. And I, they, they view these things the way they should be viewed. That's fantastic to hear. I'm just really excited to see this big three come together. You mentioned some of the rules, and I've heard that some of them in the past year had changed over. Uh, There's instituting open tryouts. Like You had the draft out here in Las Vegas just recently. The age limit's been lowered. So a lot of big changes. Is there anything in particular uh, that we should expect this year that was different from last? Well, you just referenced a a bunch of terrific uh, points. I would say bring the fire, and that is new this year where you're going to be able to challenge a foul call and go one-on-one to determine whether that foul is imposed or not. So um, that's going to be very exciting. It's bring the fire, and we are not only playing three-on-three, we are playing fireball. Nice. So what has been so far the biggest challenge of bringing the big three back together as it's now headed over to the Orleans Arena for July 10th? There's a doubleheader. You can catch it on CBS Triller, Fight TV, uh, on CBS Online as well. So, uh, Amy, what what has been the biggest challenge in getting the sport to come back in uh, 2021 as the pandemic's kind of lifting and restrictions are lifting? I think it's a challenge that many, many businesses are having, which is rebooting, if you will. And in our instance, as I mentioned earlier, we are relatively new. We had only three seasons under our belt and we really had that wind behind our back. So our challenge is going to be to reboot 
to recapture that wind. In that regard, um, we went out and we hired a new CEO, Chris Hanan, and he's been terrific. We are adding sponsors. We are adding broadcast partners. As you just noted, we've added Triller and Fight TV to supplement what we're doing with CBS Sports. And so we are working to grow, but understanding we are also coming out of a year of shutdown. And look, we're not unique in that regard. Other businesses have those challenges as well. Very much so. And I wanted to start wrapping things up here with you. uh, But I do want to ask because July 4th had just passed. And we know that as Al Davis's birthday. And as somebody who worked so closely with him for three decades, I would love to know if you could tell us any anecdote about Al Davis, the late great, uh, before you leave us here today on the show. Oh, boy. Um, kind of got a lump in my throat listening to you speak. Oh. Any anecdote? Well, I, you know what? I will tell you, the, it, because it goes with an anecdote. The biggest misconception about Al was that you couldn't disagree with him. People had this view that Al wouldn't tolerate disagreement um, or tolerate those who disagreed with him. He just simply wouldn't allow those people to work for him. He wouldn't tolerate disagreement with him in the workplace. Nothing was further from the truth. If it were true that he wouldn't tolerate disagreement or wouldn't tolerate those who disagreed with him, I would have been fired roughly two weeks into my job because I was sitting in the office with a coworker and Al walked in and ripped into that coworker the in a manner that I imagine a velociraptor would have ripped into flesh. <laughs> and I was listening to him and I realized he was wrong. And so here I am roughly two, two and a half weeks into my job. And I said, in a pretty loud voice, because I have a loud voice, excuse me, you're wrong. And I will never forget the look on his face when he turned and faced me and looking at me like, what did you just say? And I said, you're wrong. And I went on to explain to him that if the data, if the information on which he was basing his conclusion was accurate, his conclusion would be fair. But he was basing his conclusion on inaccurate data, inaccurate information. And as I said, I don't have a dainty voice. So he raised his voice and I raised my voice and he raised his voice. And we went back and forth for quite some time. I learned much later that other people on staff had gathered in the hallway outside the office we were doing this. They were listening because we were so loud. And one of them even brought cartons in case, you know, she figured I'd have to pack up my things and leave. But after we went back and forth pretty heatedly for quite a while, he looked at me and said, oh, okay, I gotcha. I got it. I got it. And we went on. And I would say over the course of almost 30 years, we disagreed with one another more than we agreed with one another. But that's healthy and that can be productive. I simply had to remember, and I always did, he owned the business. I didn't. So I would be very passionate about my views. I would share them with him. I would disagree with him. But at the end of the day, when he made his decision, it was my job to effectuate that decision as best I could. Uh, and your voice has been one that has been very strong for Raider fans throughout the years, one that can still be heard in CBS as an analyst and also as part of the big three, the chairman of the board, Amy Trask. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. And I wish you all the success with the big three coming here to Vegas on July 10th. Well, thank you very much for having me. It is always a treat and a pleasure for me to join you. And you are, of course, welcome as our guest at the big three games we would love to have you with us and i look forward to connecting again in the future same you always leave me wanting more amy so i appreciate (laughs) that so much thank you 
Let's take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to be joined by Ice Cube, co-founder of the Big Three League. Please check out our new 7 at 7 newscast weekdays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Get every bit of local news you need in seven minutes from the Las Vegas Review Journal. As we get going here, I want to tell everybody that I was beyond thrilled to have Ice Cube on the show. I've been a huge fan of his work from NWA days to his career as an actor to having seen him now take on this role in the big three. It's amazing. And I couldn't wait to get him on this show to talk about all of those things, his journey, and as well as building the big three, which has a lot of games coming out here in Las Vegas. We talk about all of that. I'll drop all the dates at the end of the interview as well. And here we go. Let's get us started with Ice Cube. This is a, a huge, huge year for the big three coming back to Las Vegas because as you have this tournament coming back in 2021, it had a hiatus in 2020. What has it meant for the organization to make this return? Um. You know, to me, it marks a, a milestone um, because a lot of leagues don't make it past the first or second year. You know, we saw a couple of football leagues come and go, uh, the XFL and AAF. Uh, so uh, we're just happy to still be here, you know, to still have our players and coaches, um, you know, clamoring to get back. And, and they're ready to be a part of this. Our players, you know, stand in shape, uh, stand ready. Um, and, and our sponsors stand with us. Um, and some new sponsors um, believing in, in the leagues, in, in our future. So, um, you know, to me, it's special. I think uh, it's nothing to sneeze at, for sure. It's not easy to... Um, create a league like this from scratch and be taken serious. Um, I know you called it a tournament, but it's a league, you know, and, um, but that's okay. You know, uh, people are, you know, learning about the league and, and understanding what it's all about. We was off a year and a half. So um, we just want to get our momentum back. So the big three apologies uh, fourth <laughs> season though. And, Coming back to Vegas, you have five of the eight weeks here. Um, in that span, what has it been like just to find homes to, to put the big three back in where it needs to be to kind of grow as a league? Well, you know, in our first uh, three seasons, we were going all over the country. Uh, we were going um, to a lot of different cities. I think in 2019, we went to 18 different cities. So coming out of the pandemic, we didn't know what states were really going to be open. We have to make our decisions in, in January and February on what we're going to do in the summer. So earlier this year, we didn't know which states were going to be open. You know, we knew that Nevada was, uh, was open and, um, you know, they were letting activities go down in arenas. Um, and, and then we, we knew, uh, Louisiana where it was the same way. So we decided to kind of have 
sort of for us, it's like a bubble in a way, you know, to have, you know, games in two different cities, not 18, because we didn't know what was going to happen all over the country. And what we did was reward our players with with the Bahamas. So if you make it to the playoffs and the championship, we do it in the Bahamas. So we felt like Las Vegas, New Orleans, the Bahamas, you know, they are all cool cities that our players would love to be in the bubble in. You know, if you got to be in that city for a few weeks, might as well be Las Vegas. It's not really a bubble because guys can go home. You know, we are testing for COVID, but, you know, it's two cool places, three actually. And uh, so, you know, it was a no-brainer for, for the league. You've got Clyde the Glide Drexler as a commissioner right now. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Clyde the Glide because just what he did. And a lot of people forget, too. He was on the Dream Team back in 92. Yeah. He's just a legend to me. So what is it like for you having a guy like Clyde the Glide working as a commissioner for this league? You know, what I love about Clyde, you know, I haven't seen him have a bad day. You know, he's a he's a guy who loves life, you know, um, you know, he's a he's, he's really, you know, laid back, easygoing and he's serious, though. You know, when it comes to dealing with players, dealing with things that should happen in the league, things that shouldn't happen in the league, um, you know, he'll give us his straightforward opinion. And we, uh, you know, we we appreciate that, that, you know, honesty because it keeps us on track. You know, we want to, you know, we, we we like to baby the players, you know what I mean? We want to give them everything they want. Yeah. And Clyde is like, we can't do that. You know, we got we to gotta make sure that we're treating everybody the same way and, you know, nobody get... Um, better treatment than the next, you know, and that's what a commissioner should do. Um, This is not the NBA. You know, all our players get paid the same amount. Our coaches get paid the same amount as our players. Uh, You get more if you win, less if you lose. And so the incentive is there to to play hard. And and so we listen to Clyde. We love Clyde. And we got the coolest commissioner in sports, bar none, hands down. As a Raider fan, how exciting is it for you to have somebody like Amy Trask as the chairman of the board for the big three? Man, we so uh, blessed to have her as part of the team. You know, when we started the big three, me and Jeff knew we needed uh, someone like Amy. Uh, we, we, we had a meeting with her and basically begged her to come out of retirement, you know, where she was just pretty much getting paid from CBS, doing football, you know. And so uh, to come out of that and jump into a new league, trying to start how how rough and tumble that is. And for her to, you know, keep us steady, let us know how to treat the athletes when it comes to uh, medical insurance, training, trainers, um, and, you know, making sure that we're, doing everything we can to, to, to set the stage so the players can perform. And, um, and so the knowledge she brings to the big three, um, I don't, we wouldn't be here without her. You know, we just wouldn't be this far. We would have stumbled and fell on our face somewhere 
but she's kept us upright with her knowledge and just knowing how to get things done when it comes to professional sports. How did your passion at basketball spawn into the big three league? Uh, through my brother, CJ, and uh, in my neighborhood. I come from a street called Van Wick in uh, South. We used to call it South Central LA. They call it South LA. Um, and my block was full of athletes. We had a lot of boys on my block, all ages, uh, from way older than me to a little younger than me. So we had a very competitive neighborhood. And so you had to be able to do something, you know, sports, uh, you know, or, or other things, you know, fighting, whatever, bikes. You know, we had, you know, mini bikes, ramps, low ride. I'm not, I mean, of course, low riders, but uh, uh, motorcycles. It was just a lot of things going on. And basketball was one of the biggest um, competitive sports on our block. So you had to be able to bang and you had to be able to play um, hard and physical because it was a physical game back then. And so um, that's what I had missed um, in in the NBA. You know, what goes on in the paint is not the same. And so in creating a big three, I wanted to bring some of that, some of that physicality back to the game. I love it. That's fantastic stuff because that's true. It's what you see in the neighborhood, you know? And so to bring it to Las Vegas, bring it to the Orleans arena, it's fantastic stuff. And I know you've had some challenges in getting some of the rules kind of fine tuned, if you will, and, and getting them the way that you want them to be. So uh, I was talking a little bit with Amy about some of the new rules. What can you tell us about if a fan goes, what some of the, the rules are that they can expect to see on the court? Well, you know, I think, you know, we've been more fluent with our league. You know, it hasn't been a challenge at all with the, with the rules. I think we have great rules that sets us apart from FIBA and the three-on-three you may see in the Olympics. Okay. You know, what they do is a, a, is a amateur a version of three-on-three. <clears throat> what we do is the professional version. So we're always fine-tuning our game making it better for the fans. Uh, well, making it better for the players to play, but also for the fans to watch. So the new, um, and we've um, brought in a lot of cool things. Uh, we have a four point circle uh, where you can make a four point shot from 30 feet away, which is cool. Um, we have also one shot free throws. So if you get fouled, you go to the free throw line, you shoot one shot for the two points. But if you were shooting a three-pointer and you get fouled, you go to the three-point line. If you make it, okay. you get three points. Okay. And if, you, if you're getting fouled doing a four-point shot, you go to the four-point circle, shoot one shot, and if you hit it, you get four points. So that speeds the game up. Uh, we have no shot clock. I mean, we have no game clock. Okay. So the first one to 50, win. But you got to win by two points. We have a shot clock. You only have 14 seconds to shoot the ball. So it's a fast-paced game. Um, and, and our new rule, we call it bring the fire, okay. where a coach can challenge a foul once a half and have the players go one-on-one -on -one for the call or the bucket. So if, if, if they go one-on-one -on -one and he make it, 
get the points and the foul counts. If they go one-on-one and he miss, the foul comes off the board. So I think that's a great one-on-one. It's like a penalty shot in hockey or a penalty kick in soccer. I think it's going to be something to get the fans excited to see see if, if, if coaches want to bring the fire. And then you said it, fans. It's going to have fans back this year. That's so huge. I mean, you were out in South Padre Island in Texas and had fans out yeah. watching you. I mean, what's it like to finally kind of come back out of this hiatus and not just to come out of it, but to bring the fans back? It feels great. You know, you can see everybody's spirit is alive. Uh, people want to uh, enjoy not only the fresh air, but each other. Uh, people want to want to give back to live events and show their appreciation for for artists and athletes, entertainers. Um, so it just seemed like, you know, the world kind of can can exhale a little bit. You know, I know, you know, we still have people um, suffering and dying from COVID, uh, the coronavirus. And so we can't we can't really you know, um, get complacent, but we can live our lives and not live our life in fear and um, do the things we enjoy. And that also means bringing back the Raider games. I I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Raiders. It's a Raiders podcast here. Uh, I know you're a huge fan. I've seen you out there on the sidelines. I've been taking pictures for quite some time from back when they were in Oakland even. So uh, I know how devoted you are to this team. What was it that made you a Raider fan? Um, just trying to find a team that that identify with, you know, me as a person, player. Mm-hmm. Um, I played football as a youngster. Uh, our street was kind of rough, tumble street, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So the Raiders just, first it was the Steelers. But then, you know, I, I grew up and kind of understood what the game was all about. And then it became the Raiders uh, at a very young age. I think I was 10 um, when I fell in love with the Raiders. And um, so I just loved their style. Then they moved to Los Angeles. So that was unbelievable in, in 82. And I was a little older, so I could really understand and accept them and 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 be a diehard fan and then by the time they won the Super Bowl you know I'm 14 years old and you know I, I already know that this is my squad for life and so um I've been a Raider fan ever since yeah nice. so uh as a Raider fan what is it meant to see the team move uh, you mentioned L.A., then they go back to Oakland, then Oakland to Vegas. What has that meant as a fan? Is it hard or in, do you just follow them no matter what? Raider Nation for life, you know? Yeah, it's hard, you know, but it's still Raider Nation for life, for sure. Uh, you know, I was always dreaming when they moved to Oakland that, that uh, you know, we'd get our stuff together and they'd come back, you know, so that was a, a dream of mine. Uh, that they would come back one day. Um, and, you know, I was just surprised <clears throat> that, you know, they couldn't get a new stadium done in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that still, like, is, you know, 
crazy to me, but Oakland has their reasons. Um, so I was hoping they would come back to LA. Of course, I definitely didn't want the Chargers. Uh, <laughs> but I had heard they was going to go to San Antonio, and I wasn't with that at all. So Vegas was like, please go to Vegas. Please, please go to Vegas. Because, you know, to me, Vegas is the next best thing. If they can't be in L.A., you know, I could just, you know, jump on my bus and come to Vegas. And so, um, you know, it's, it, it was like, please, please, please. And, and, and Vegas and the Raiders just go together, you know, like peanut butter and jelly. You know, it's just... <laughs> You know, perfect city for the for uh, for that team. the The Death Star is amazing. You know, I haven't been inside yet. I'm waiting for the game. Um, or you know, I might ask Mark for the keys. Spend a night there on the 50 yard line. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, I, I really uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them play. I'm looking forward to seeing the stadium they deserve. Um, and it's in Vegas. Just got a couple more for you here. I mean, what has it meant? You said, do you, you know, really identified with the Raiders. What has it meant to you that this team has been the front runner when it comes to being, a pro, you know, progressive and having social awareness and hiring the first black coach and having the first uh, Latino quarterback and having the first woman CEO at the helm who's with you now, Amy Trask. So, you know, what has it meant to you as a fan to see that they are always uh, the front runner when it comes to being on top of different issues? They let you know that it's all about winning. You know, that's that's really what it's all about. Um, and, you know, as a fan, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that it's all about women. I mean, I say women, but winning. Women. Not women, but the women. <laughs> uh, but it's all about winning. And so it's just really all about, you know, uh, being that example letting people know that you should let the cream rise to the top. Um, all these traditions, all this, um, you know, stuff that goes on in, in the NFL, not just the NFL, but in a lot of different companies in America. It's just cool to know that your team uh, doesn't care who the person is. If they can help us win, they'll get a shot in, you know, in the silver and black. To me, you know, that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, that's what makes, you know, even though they Raiders, they're good guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's what makes us the good guys for sure. And then uh, just on the big three, just to kind of wrap things up, uh, big three coming down to Orleans Arena. Uh, if uh, fans want to find it and all of that, they can look on various places, uh, including Triller and Fight TV. What has it meant to you to get that partnership with um, Triller and Fight TV locked down for this season? Oh man, it's great. You know, it goes great with the brand that we that we're uh, you know rolling out with the big three. Um, you know, CBS is kind of our polished. Um, you know, prestige um, network. We're happy to be there. Um, we believe these athletes and these coaches deserve a stage like CBS. But we also love what we can do on Triller and Fight TV. You know, the athletes can can be themselves. You know, we don't really have to worry about you know some of the things we have to on CBS. 
you know, when it comes to guys being passionate, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be fun to to let, you know, the league kind of be unleashed uh, on Triller and Fight TV. So once the games go off on CBS, hit Triller, hit Fight TV. The games are free, so you won't have to pay. And um, keep enjoying the whole league, man, the whole day. You know, we own Saturdays for sure. All right. Thank you so much. It's Ice Cube, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. Take it easy. All right. And this episode is a wrap, man. I was just so beyond thrilled to have both Ice Cube and Amy Trask here on the show. It was such an exciting day for me to be able to bring some Raider fans, not just the former Raiders CEO, but one of the mega Raider fans that exists on the planet in Ice Cube. So very great to have them here today and joining me and to talk about the big three and all of that. Again, those dates that you can start watching the big three here in Vegas at the Orleans Arena, Saturday, July 10th, July 11th, July 18th, July 24th, August 14th, and August 21st, all at the Orleans Arena. Get your tickets. Check them out. Um, Big Three Basketball League. You can go through their website to get all of those dates. And man, uh, what a day. Today was a good day. I can't say it any other way. And I will definitely be back next week. So make sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening for all of your latest Raiders content. And check out VegasNation.com. your mobile phone to get seven minutes of non-stop news from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Seven at seven, weekdays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m.